You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Thank you so much for joining us as we talk today about walking through darkness together with Enneagram One, Kim Eddy, wonderful author and friend. So grateful to get to know Kim over this last couple of years. I also want to start out by saying that I'm so grateful for the beautiful sound. You might have been enjoying our new beautiful vibes from Austin from Air for Effect. He does dream pop and these beautiful synthetic sounds. And I found his music through my teletherapist network group and found out later after the fact that he actually created the track that this piece that our intro and outro were made from for his wife for an anniversary. So it was so meaningful because I just realized, wow, this music was born of love and we didn't even know it, but this was the one that just really connected with me when he gave me some samples. So I hope you are digging the new music. We need it. Sometimes you need a dance party. Sometimes you just want to chill. This music could totally suffice for either. So thank you, Air for Effect. Also, I want to tell you guys, I've been loving starting with a quote on our other podcast episodes when we're doing our deep dive episodes. If you're keeping track as we go one through nine. This week will be type five. And so I just want to start sharing a quote here sometimes also. And the quote I've chosen for today's episode is, it is better to light a candle than curse the darkness by Eleanor Roosevelt. I thought that that was really applicable, not only for the fact that today we're pausing to talk about the darkness that can come through divorce, but we're also in a moment culturally where we are just really trying to be thoughtful and prayerful for all of the refugees from the Ukraine that are suffering. And I just want to take a moment of silence with you guys as we pause to reflect. And if you're a person of prayer, perhaps even saying a prayer for what's happening in our world today. I also want to say that I really think that it's important for us to connect with what our our role is when we're considering just how we're going to help with what's happening. And every little bit counts. So maybe it's that you're spreading the word like my daughter did after I told my kids last week, if you're listening live, the end of February 2022, I said, here's what's going on in the world. And then very shortly afterwards, my type nine teenager was sharing with all her friends and they were sharing. And I thought of that Taylor Swift song, Only the Young, because they were just running with it and really spreading the word and educating others and responsible ways. So be thinking about what you can do as you pray for and consider others and some of you giving financially as well. So grateful for all the love being poured out. And I hope that those listening from the UK who have had to leave or are there that you know, we're sending you a lot of love also and and really praying for you. I want to talk a little bit about marriage and I want to talk about divorce today, but I want to give you guys a sense for where and why this 
podcast episode today fits in with our whole theme of Enneagram and marriage. And one of the ways it fits in is that I've talked about the stages of a relationship. And you guys might have even heard my entire episode in season three about the stages that I call the stages of the Enneagram glow. And the stages that I have really noticed walking through myself and a lot of my clients in these as well is that you start out in the early morning of your relationship with this dawn that is just glorious. And I call that the shine stage. And you're just making sure that the other person knows how much you adore them. And there's just so much heightened emotion and you're changing each other and you're glowing brightly with the best of your gifts together. Then you're healing one another. That next stage is healing and you guys are really even adding in new things. Oh my gosh, you just gave me this bold gift because you're an eight and you just gave me this gift of truth telling because you're a three. Whatever your types are, you're, you're adding to one another's legitimacy and really allowing one another's gifts to be brought out forth. So it's a beautiful stage too. However, after a time in the shining and healing stages, we typically in any relationship will encounter shadows or throwing shade. And it's just almost like we forget that the other person has been part of our healing journey and helped us to create the person we've been. And in other cases, it's not that. It's that the we find out that the person we were with was toxic or that we were toxic together. Whatever it is, this is a time of shadow for a relationship. And this is usually when people come to helpers and they ask for help. And that's when I meet a lot of you. Now, a lot of us will never get to stage 3.5, which I call darkness because they're doing their shadow work and then they're immersing. That's the next stage. Then they're in their 2.0 and after glow stages so we can have a dance party again and, and really celebrate all that work. But sometimes we want to work and our partner doesn't, or maybe their trauma creates an inability or our trauma creates an inability for us to work. And this is that darkness stage, like I said, kind of a 3.5 out of these six stages to make it seven stages really for some people. And, and I think a lot of times we don't know what to do when we ourselves are going through darkness or our friends are going through darkness. And I have Kim on today because she's so brave to talk with us about this journey because she is walking through that stage and really has been walking through it with as much grace and light as she can. Back to that Eleanor Roosevelt quote, she's lighting a candle, not cursing the darkness. And I really think that that's a beautiful image of of hope. And I think that's something that we can all really try to accentuate in our lives. And whether you're a person of faith or not, Kim comes from a place of a faith perspective. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, I'm just leaning in and listening to her story and and how her journey has gone and what I can learn from her. And also, it's a great example too, because sometimes in faith circles, people don't understand that there's there are times when divorce is a necessity. And so it really helps people who have a faith life to uh, to grow, to be able to just take themselves out of just a black and white narrative of each other's lives and to say, hey, I'm here with you. I don't have to understand everything about the journey. As Christ there, I'm remembering that story of that woman coming up and saying she had been married many times and he didn't stop to say, tell me about that and I'm judging you. It was simply heal. And so that's what we want to invite our friends in for is healing. And if you are somebody who knows people who have walked through a divorce and you don't know how to support them, this episode is for you. If you're a person who has walked through a divorce or is walking through one, this episode is 
for you. So looking forward to that in just a few minutes, just a couple of announcements. Before we get started on that, I hope that you guys are enjoying the Trudy New 7 Love Styles test. I know that we had a great time with it. My husband, Wes, was really shocking me when he said that he was intellectual at the top versus the new, um, there was two new love languages and one of them was emotional and one of them was intellectual. And he said, I'm intellectual and I really like when we can keep our conversation on the lighter side. I feel best here. I already am hard on myself as a one. So um, it was a great reminder for me that he's looking for grace and he wants to do his best, but it's a struggle to go deep because of that that inclination as a one to to be able to do that. I noticed a lot of ones and fives said that. Of course, there was a lot of ones who said, I love that emotional space. And I do think we have to consider absolutely the ways we've been taught through masculinity and femininity, and even some of our biology here as well with how we feel safest in the world. And we've been taught to move both nature and nurture. So those are some things for me to be thinking about, but I hope you're doing the same if you took that free Truity 7 Love Styles test. And we'll make sure it's in the show notes for you again. It's phenomenal for knowing just what you guys need. And it's it's built up after 30 years of research or so to say, here's what modern couples are needing. So really quick on the home front, I love to give a little family update with us. We are going through the planner. I hope some of you are still going through your Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner because we had a whole month of romance and now we're heading into how to work through the deeper conflicts. We've replenished ourselves with self-care. We've replenished ourselves with romance. And and next week, we're going to be joined by Beach Hestnut to talk about conflict. We have a very powerful month of speakers with Leslie Hirschberger also speaking to us and Sheila Ray Gregoire. So I'm so thankful. Also, Marriage Helper is coming on. And it's just going to be a great month of me learning with you guys about the best ways to get through conflict. And then I'm going to be sharing some things as well that I've learned in my last two decades of marriage work. And Gottman. Gottman is the most famous marriage researcher I know of. So I'm excited to bring his research into our conversations on conflict also. And he's very five-ish in all the ways he researches and observes couples. And don't forget to check out our five deep dive this week as well. This Wednesday, we're putting out a series of deep dives, not only our 30-page PDFs, but also our episodes. So be checking those out. Also, this week will be five. And then lastly, at home with us, our projects, aside from seeing clients and podcasting, are, of course, Wes and I are trying to have date nights because in the middle of my teaching and schlepping the kids around, life is very busy right now. And a lot of you know, I was doing a lot more full-time homeschooling last year during the pandemic, really at home instead of classes. Um, now my kids have a lot more classes and I'm more just in the Lord of the Rings still. My son and I are in the middle of the two towers for those who are LOTR buffs like us. And we're having a lot of fun with that. And my one of them is taking a lot of college classes, anthropology, philosophy and literature and talking about Dante. And so one thing I've been doing with that daughter and with each of the three kids is I've been having a special date night with them every single week. With that particular daughter, my four, fours need a lot more time. She's needing like about three hours every Wednesday morning we take and we just really enjoy our time together. But I'm telling you guys, when your kids are older, it's like things fly by and if you don't take the time and you don't set it with your spouse and your family, it just doesn't happen. So it's been a way for both of us to hang on to our relationship and we get to talk out, oh my gosh, like I'm not teaching anymore. Like 
This is phenomenal. What are you learning from all these people with all these different worldviews? How can we stay anchored in who you are? But also, how can you also be willing to learn from people who are completely different from you and can teach you so much about the world? So it's been phenomenal. And maybe when B Chestnut comes on soon to talk about conflict with us, we can take a minute to talk Dante with her because she has related Dante so much to the Enneagram. But my other daughter, Melody, I still have her for history and American literature. So I'm really happy that I have my nine and we have two different hours in the week that we take to just talk those out in depth. We usually end up at a fresh kitchen by us and she's been reading so many great books. She actually has a book club with one of my best friends who used to teach with me who's a nine. They just read Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho fantastic. And it went so well with the fact that we're doing 19th century American literature and we're reading all about, you know, she just went through Uncle Tom's Cabin. She went through the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass with me. Now I've got her going in one of my absolute all-time favorites, Huckleberry Finn. And, and we talk about why these books are sometimes controversial, why we need modern books like Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. But I love Mark Twain overall. And I love that he had a very deeply rooted kind of side way of trying to bring modern issues to light, doing the best he could at the time. And now we have people that are doing an amazing job, like Emmanuel Acho, who is a football player, missionary, willing to share faith, conversation, and reach out. So I'm just so glad my kids' school is going well and that we're we're able to to take them around on all of their many, many, many activities. But that said, I'm personally learning how to find my way when I'm getting tired. And so I just want to remind all of us when we're in that space where we're like, hey, there's a lot of good things happening or, you know, amidst the dark times in my life, I have to still go to work or take kids around. It's so important to find your self-care. So when I start to burn out, not only am I insisting on those date nights with Wes, but I've actually started to find a ritual to walk every day. And now I understand why my dad has written about wanting to walk and walk and walk. Um, because it's a beautiful way to collect yourself and to get grounded in the world and not even have any agenda with that walking, but just to walk and to think. And I've been praying sometimes. So I just want to let you guys know, like, don't let go of your self-care as you build your one-to-one, as you build your family and nurture this world. This is my big reminder to you not to let go of that all. So before we talk about divorce, Kim has actually some words for each of us type by type that are very special words that she really has crafted as a type one. She was very thoughtful about words we can all hang on to, as well as words we can all grow from. So she's going to tell us about those. She's going to give us tips for how we can help our friends and families as they walk through the divorce. And she's also going to help us not to fall in traps of unforgiveness when we are walking through these seasons so that we can be as light and healthy as possible, even as we're mourning or grieving or walking through world tragedies or through personal tragedies with hope. So thank you you so much for being with us today. Let's talk to Kim. Kim, I'm so excited to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. I am very excited to be here. Well, we are so thankful we get to hear from you on so many great topics today. I think our audience is going to be very blessed by hearing about your book and forgiveness and just walking through the topic of divorce. It is a topic that Christians need to be talking about. And I have a lot of spiritual listeners as well who wouldn't call themselves Christians, but are looking for ways to walk through the complexities of just human relationships. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be fun. 
Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you live and just your fam. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, my name is Kim Eddie. I am a mother of two girls. They're five and seven and I adore them. They're amazing. (laughs) Um, And I am a, I'm an Enneagram coach, a Christian Enneagram coach. I typically help people who share my Christian faith. And I, I just love that. I live in Arizona in Phoenix. And you may hear on the recording, some fighter jets go by doing their thing. I don't know what they're doing today, but they're having fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy living here. I've lived a, a few places, you know, while I was married, we moved uh, with the military and things like that, but I am back in my home state of Arizona and I am loving it. Oh, I'm so glad. I love Arizona. It is absolutely one of my most favorite states in the world. Do you enjoy hiking out there? I do. Yes. Uh, we, we like to go up to where the pine trees are. They aren't here, but also now is a perfect time too to go hiking in the actual desert. You know, I won't be doing that in July, but now is a great time, but yes, yes. We like to get outdoors. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. What an amazing place and landscape to do that. I'm glad you got to come back to your home state. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, and I love your book. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful book with the world. Can you tell our audience about it? Sure. Yes. It's called Enneagram for Beginners, a Christian guide to understanding your type for a God-centered life. Um, And really what it is, is kind of a a primer for the Enneagram, but from a very uh, Christian perspective. So people who are hesitant or wondering if it might take their focus off of their faith or off of the sacred, off of God, uh, this book is, is really meant to help assuage that fear. Like you can be, you can draw your focus more towards the sacred as you uncover the ways that you're being pulled from that, you know, with our main types motivations. And, and so this book was a a way to try to help Christians like myself get into and understand that the Enneagram is such a valuable tool that doesn't take away from the sacred, but just shines a light on where we need more of that and where we can lean further into our faith in ways we may not have expected or that might, we might have a blind spot in. And so, and so that's really where the book came from. And it was, it, it was a lot of fun to write. It was a lot of work to write. (laughs) Yeah. I bet. (laughs) Yeah. it, It was, it's hopefully it's a helpful book and I'm glad that I'm glad that it seemed to help you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's very clear. And that's something that I really appreciate as a seven with bouncing in a lot of different directions. And I enjoy my, my rabbit trails, but I really love when somebody can draw me back to clarity. And I think that's what I've heard a lot from people who read your book is it's so clarifying. And so I just want our listeners to know if they're looking for ways to journal, ways to pray, ways to prompt themselves for further, deeper growth. Although the book is for beginners, it's, I think, also very helpful for those who have been working with the Enneagram, but maybe not applying it. Have you heard that from people too? Yes, there, there is. Um, and I think some, maybe some types are more prone to it, but all of us tend to take things in intellectually, um, but embodying that and making it a part of your life takes work, you know, even for our feeling types or our gut center types, like we tend to take in new information here first and maybe think we have it right. (laughs) But really putting it into the areas of your life and the nooks and crannies and finding where, Oh, I didn't realize this was a part of that. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's get curious there and, and learning to embody it really in all of our 
centers, I suppose, can can really be very helpful. So I'm I'm glad my book could be a part of that because that's my goal, you know, as a coach and as a teacher for sure. Mm. Well, I think you speak well to all the types. And I think when ones can do that really well, it's because they are taking that time to focus and to be clear and to just be precise because these are important. These are people's souls. So you're like, I want to get it right. And Mm -hmm. and thank you for that nurture and care. I feel it. And when I was looking at your beautiful tips for each type, I was also noticing that. So I was hoping that you could, even whenever our listeners are listening, I think this is an important space to be able to say, Kim has been very thoughtful about giving each type a word. Do you mind sharing those with us today? Sure. Yeah. So, so one of the things I did this past year as coming into 2022 was really, like you said, just think about the different types, what they might be experiencing uh, with some of the circumstances that all of us are sharing in, you know, in the world right now and, and just where they might be and trying to find a way to help move them forward. And really what I did was I found these two different categories. So some of us are ready to step into something new and step out of our comfort zone. I called them our our out of the comfort zone words. And some of us need to be kind of brought back to ourselves. Um, In a way we've gotten off track, we've gotten unfocused, or we've, we've allowed expectations to dictate our identity and really coming back to ourselves was important, you know, in this next season of life and in this next year. And so I called those back to myself words. Yeah. So for the back to myself words, ones that can just help, but remind us who we are, our inherent worth, and maybe just poke through, poke holes in some of those underlying beliefs or those untrue stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, For type one, I chose elevate, just remember who you are and that there's worth to what you're doing and that you don't have to settle. Think that you're settling, like you, you are fine. You are beautiful as you are for type two, that was connect and connecting in a, in a way that Um, has you as a part of the equation and not connecting, connecting from an authentic place, I think is important for type two and type three cultivate, like, what do you want to grow in yourself that is for you and of you and about you and your desires and passions type four was thrive. Like we don't have to um, allow boring or mundane things to bring us down? Like how can you thrive with where you're at? Um, and also bring about a thriving existence, you know, like bring your, your imagination to life in your world and type five was intentional. So remind, remembering that we don't have to with, uh, have that withdrawal response. Like we can, we can be intentional in how we create solitude and how we rejuvenate. And also when we lean in, so intentional was my word for type five, type six was renew. How can we renew whether that's trust or whether that's um, loyalty or or whether that's just renewing our sense of self and our ability to trust our own selves as a type six. So renew Mm -hmm. Uh, type seven was unlimited. You know, we, we think of type sevens uh, in really valuing not having limits, but what does it look like to be unlimited in the things that matter to you and not um, avoid any sort of flailing, right? What does it look like to be an unlimited person? Um, And then type eight was purpose. 
Like, what does it look like to lean into your purpose and not get pulled by what needs doing right now? You know, make, keeping yourself very intentional and doing things on purpose, I suppose. And then type nine was flourish. Like how, what can it look like to flourish and bloom and not simply uh, help make other flowers comfortable? Like what can it look like to flourish as your own self? Um, and I don't know if you want to get into the out of my comfort zone words, I but love to. Okay. and I think people are listening for try type two, as I reminded them before yeah. the episode, because I really connected with each of the words in my try type that you said. So my head, heart and body type. So I love that. Yes. We would love to hear the others. These are beautiful. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay. So yeah, my out of my comfort zone words for type one was play. Um, and I think that type ones hear that a lot and we reject that a lot yeah. or we put uh, qualifiers on that. I will play as soon as I'm done working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so t- I think type one can really benefit from scheduling play first, figuring out where they're going to play. Um, knowing that they're responsible, the things will happen that need to happen, but how can you prioritize play? And type two was rest. We hear that a lot as well for type twos that your rest is important. Um, and not just simply because it gives you energy to serve, but because you are important. Um, but type three was ease. How can we ease uh, what we're striving for, what our goals are? How can we ease into a life that feels um, good and fulfilling to us? Uh, because it matters to us, you know, uh, for no other reason. And for type four, it was today. And I chose that so that type force can be reminded that there is beauty in today. Um, we have this ideal future and this nostalgia for the past, but there is beauty happening today. And how can we see that and cultivate that? Type five was embody, you know, getting into how we are feeling and what we are feeling, how we are feeling emotionally, what we are feeling in our physical body and how all of that is beautiful data to help us move through life in, in, in a, in a beautiful way. Uh, so that was embody for type five type six was trust. Um, and my thinking was, uh, And it's interesting how we all have these different dictionaries in our own perspectives. My thinking was, how can you trust yourself? But I had someone tell me, I need to learn how to trust other people and not test them. Um, You know, trust the evidence that somebody is trustworthy. And so type six is take what you need from that, because I thought both of those were were really good. Um, Type seven was simplify. So I think unlimited and simplify can both work together. Where do you want to simplify so you can deepen uh, your experience or your joy or your relationships? Um, How can you simplify without limiting yourself? And then type eight was pause, you know, that pause to help us be intentional from, from seeing to doing, putting just a little interrupt in between can really be helpful. And then type nine was awaken. What can it look like to come alive and wake up for you this year? So those were my words for people to take. So it it was a lot of fun to think about. Oh my gosh. They're so detailed and so precise that I'm just, I'm gleaning from them. And I, I know our listeners are too. So thank you because those are really beautiful growth paths for us whenever we're listening. Wow. I'm yeah, glad. Exactly. I'm glad I'm you glad. took your time to, to, <laughs> to do your work, to make sure you were, you were honoring to others in their journeys. And they're, that's what I heard too, is you weren't just like slapping a diagnosis. You weren't just 
giving a meme, you were like, these are, I'm honoring you by understanding this is not an easy journey, but I believe in you for a better healing. Like that's beautiful. Oh, I'm, I'm glad that that's coming across. Cause that is my goal and intention. And thank you for seeing that. Like, thank you for recognizing that. Cause I think that that speaks to your observation of human souls, you know, <laughs> like your ability mm. to, to see people. So thank you for that. Yes. Well, we just, yeah, we're all growing. And when I see people who are thoughtful about sharing their advice, I'm like, yay, because I think we don't listen unless we really feel safe. So, so Mm -hmm. I felt very safe. Um, (laughs) I will be the kind of the test for all of our listeners. I think we all felt (laughs) safe. Um, So let's now talk a little bit. I think we're leaning into even more safety today to talk about a topic that can be taboo on a marriage podcast, but that I never wanted to be. And so I'm really glad. And Kim and I have been talking about this episode and I've been thinking about the right way to present this topic for a while. We want to talk to you guys today about divorce and supporting friends and family through divorce, as well as just some strategies if you're going through a divorce. And Kim is such a godly woman. I would love to hear some of your takes on these big topics, all the while knowing that there's multiple perspectives out there. But I'm just so honored to get a chance for our listeners and myself to hear your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm here. This is actually my first time sharing a little bit of my journey in this area of my life. And I just want to say, I feel safe talking about that with you. So thank you. Mm. Um, but, but yes, I, I have walked through divorce uh, really just in the past year was when it was finalized. And now I am currently walking through and figuring out co-parenting and which is, which is a, probably another podcast episode, uh, yeah. but really just a shift, a major shift in the relationship that I have with my kid's dad. I will still say there is a relationship there because we share these children and we share charge of these children. But yes, I do agree as well that I think it's taboo. And I also agree that it, that it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, me too. And we, I mean, in my job, we always are working with clients and families who are walking through different seasons, including this one, do co-parenting. And sometimes as I was talking to a large group of couples therapists that I work with outside of my own group of Enneagram and Marriage Certified Coaches, and we were all just agreeing Sometimes people break up in our offices or our virtual offices, and we have to, all of us just in the world, be thoughtful about what is that like on any side of the coin you're listening from right now. So thank you, Kim, for being brave to say, hey, one part of my conversation, we know you can't share everything, but even just that alone is, hey, it can be lonely because for some reason it's not talked about, even though as we're all agreeing, it's happening, right? Yes. Yes. And it's happening. I think a lot more than we think, you know, I didn't realize how big this world was until I was about ready to step into it, you know? So uh, just because it isn't, it isn't spoken of, or it's, it's spoken of in hushed tones, almost like we think it's catching, like we'll, we'll catch it if we talk about it. Um, And I think that in many ways, the opposite is true as we listen to stories and as we hear people, you know, if, if you are in a marriage, I think you are more likely to notice things when they need noticing as you hear people's stories who have walked all the way through the breaking of a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think you're absolutely right. We need to be talking about this from a holistic place where the goal is healing, whatever that looks like. And if you're mm-hmm. speaking at from, from that perspective, Mm -hmm. then even if the marriage doesn't last, 
hopefully the souls involved will heal um, and a marriage that can heal will, will be, will be stronger or be more armed, more forewarned and forearmed <laughs> at, because of hearing these stories. So, so yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to say it. And I love how you remind us that it's not a topic we need to fear because God's going to bring us through every season beautifully. And he's going to lavish us with his love through every season, but we just have to be aware that by talking out relationship points, whether we're wondering if I do coaching, will I get a divorce or not? It's it's important to walk through your life with intention so that if it can be saved, it will be saved as you guys process right. what is our story? Where are we going? Where do we each want to go? That's a fair topic. And I think everyone deserves to know where does their partner need and want to go? So, so I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get to that, just being part of a divorce experience, can you tell us and our listeners what you would recommend if you have a friend or family member walking through a divorce, just so that they don't just to go back to that, um, you know, conversation about taboo so that they don't feel alone walking through it. I know no one wants that for their friends and family. What could we do as just friends? Yeah. Yeah. So, so because marriage is so tied up in for so many people, your theology, Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely suggest softening what you believe to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say for every human, you know, this is God's plan. Yeah. Um, and not following that is missing the mark and missing the standard. I would encourage people who are, who know someone who is thinking about divorce or walking through divorce, um, or whether they're choosing it or having it chosen for them soften, especially in your affect and what you say, mm-hmm. uh, and how you treat them, soften what you believe to be right. Allow there to be gray, even if you don't think there would be gray in your situation. I think that people need to understand that they are seen and heard, Mm -hmm. even if there are mistakes that they made, even if there are things that they did that led up to this, they deserve support Mm -hmm. and they deserve support when you're uh, uncomfortable giving it. Mm -hmm. They, they don't need your support five years from now when you can be okay talking about it. They deserve your support when they're hurting. And I think that that's, that's really important. And that, that requires the people around whoever is walking through this to let go maybe temporarily to their own convictions about what would be right for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And just being there for the person because they're hurting. I think that would be my biggest thing. I think many people can talk about it later especially when that person has walked through their healing already, and maybe they're in another relationship and it's beautiful, or maybe they're happy being single or whatever that is. And you can support them retroactively, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's not when they need it the most. They need it the most when you are uncomfortable giving them support because you think you might be saying this is okay. You, uh, you think you might be giving them the impression that you agree. And that's not what it's about. They don't need you to agree. They need you to be there when they're hurting. And so I think that's my biggest thing. Oh, that is just very touching and really convicting 
because I know in my 40s versus maybe in my 20s, I think I'm hoping I've put on some of this. And I think that that's something that I want our, we have a lot of young listeners um, who are even more open-minded than I was in those years, but anyone who isn't, I think it's really important that you're really hearing Kim because you're missing souls. And even if it's part of your faith narrative, Jesus obviously hung with people who are not perfect. (laughs) So I think we're all not perfect. Some are divorced and imperfect. Some are married and imperfect. But what Kim is reminding us is we all need support. So thank you Mm -hmm. for speaking up for the whole world. I think of divorcees, this is when supports needed at the beginning, especially, right? Right. Yes. You know, I, I have family members who have gone through it and I know now looking back, like they've gone through it before I did and you hear people's talking. I'm glad it worked out. You know, they're in a new relationship and I'm glad it worked out. And, And now knowing where I am and what I've just walked through, I'm like, Oh, we need, we need you to be there while we're working it out. Not just be glad for us after we've done the healing on our own. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. It sure does. Because when we're going through grief and trials, like divorce obviously is, we really need to know we're loved. We need to know that right. even if we've made, like you said, any mistakes, you said that so eloquently because we all come with our own perspectives. That's why I often reference the movie 12 Angry Men. I know that it's one of my favorites long term because we just all have a different side of the coin that we're seeing. So when you can just love your people, whatever they're going through, I think that's best, even if it has to shift a little bit because now you're not hanging as couples. It's just so important to be able to be with people and and not not hovering over them in a way that makes them feel coddled or like a baby either i'm sure right right and i think that may look different you know we talk about enneagram types i think that may yeah. look different yeah. for not only the circumstances surrounding what's happening, but yeah. also their personality and how they feel supported for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And that's why we do love nuancing with our Enneagram. We go back to that, don't exactly. we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's talk about when somebody is walking through a divorce. I know we had talked before this a little bit about forgiveness because that's going to be part of it. But tell us a little bit that if our listeners, and I know some of them are, are walking through this painful process, something that perhaps you learned that you think applies to others. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I will say I'm not very far removed on the other side of this. So I'm still walking through a lot of this. So listeners, please take this with a grain of salt (laughs) and it's her experience. So yes, and it's my experience, which is going to be very different, but, but yes, I would say one of the things to focus on Mm-hmm. There are really two aspects that you want to take from this, mm-hmm. but they have to follow each other. And the first one is healing. Mm-hmm. When you go through something like this, no matter what happened <laughs> to cause this, mm-hmm. you are going to have injuries that need attention. Mm-hmm. You are going to have hurt that needs healing. I would encourage you to seek out friends and support who won't just commiserate on how awful the other person is or how you were totally justified, you know, uh, but will help you move past the, the indignation Mm -hmm. to acceptance of today's reality, like what led here and, and also hoping for the future instead of looking at the past and helping you stay stuck in that. So healing first, Mm. but when you're ready and kind of have experienced some healing there. And I would suggest therapy books, active support to help get you through that. The first one is definitely therapy (laughs) because you know, just helping you heal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but when you're ready to kind of move on a little bit, don't just move past. I would encourage you to take a loving, gentle look at the patterns that you were a part of. Uh, Mm -hmm. One thing I think of is like a car crash. Mm -hmm. So you're in a car crash and you have some injuries. Like, Mm -hmm. where do you go? You're going to go to the hospital. The first thing you do is you get to safety and you get Mm -hmm. help to heal. And those are so important. And those are so necessary right at first. You're not diagnosing what led to this. Yeah. At this point you are healing. Now let's say while we were driving our car, we didn't wear a seatbelt or we were distracted. We didn't pay, pay attention to brake lights. We didn't drive defensively to get out of the way of an erratic driver, or we were on the road when we knew whether conditions were risky or our car wasn't up to its, its safety standards or something. Mm-hmm. We still want to heal first. Yeah. But when we're ready and preferably before we get behind the wheel again, <laughs> We want to look at what choices and allowances or overlooking of evidence or not listening to signs might have contributed to our situation. And I want to make a big caveat here Mm -hmm. because there is, there, there is abuse and there is real hurt and harm and victimization of people inside marriages because it's such an intimate relationship. But in the majority of situations, we can look at and ask ourselves some questions when we're ready, when we're healed, what can we change about our own patterns moving forward Mm -hmm. while still being positive and bold and courageous in our life, right? We don't just want to avoid all the bad things that happen to us. We want to change our patterns in an intentional way. And we not only have harm that's done to us when these patterns in our marriage played out in the past, but we can also unconsciously perpetuate it and bring it about again, or even look for it because that's what we're used to. So being aware of the ins and outs of our dynamic is so important, Mm -hmm. but like I said, heal first, (laughs) heal Mm -hmm. first, or you will be casting blame where it doesn't belong, or you will be um, justifying somebody you or them. And we really want to be aware. So making a game plan after healing, Mm -hmm. I think is going to be so important, Mm -hmm. but don't, don't go to the game plan before you've gone to the hospital, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I just love that analogy of the car accident and the hospital time. And man, is that needed right now? I mean, we have dating apps for every one of the types, but do we have a plan for every one of the types on how to heal specifically through divorce? That is a bigger issue because so many people are just, and, and I get it. We're just ready for the next thing. Cause we're hurting and we want to move on and, and we're generally resilient, but like you're saying, taking some time to heal is so important. And I'm just going to add this. Cause I know so many people do jump into dating before they're divorced. I would say 90% of people now versus maybe 10% in the past, especially with all the internet apps available. I'm not shaming anybody, but at least do your healing while you're in that space, because that is, and sometimes people say, Hey, it's dragging out forever. I'm lonely. I'm not judging, but just do your healing in the midst so that you can at least be doing some good work on yourself while you walk through probably one of the biggest seasons of your life. So I'm really proud of you for knowing that, like you're saying, you're not walking through this 20 years later. It's, it's fresh enough, but I think because it's fresh enough, Kim, I think that you have excellent tips for it because you've just emerged and you're looking myopically and you're seeing this is what's needed here. So that's a beautiful tip. 
And then would you say that forgiveness is part of that step when you're healing or is that part of the next step when you're assessing what you did or maybe both? I think it's both. When when we talk about forgiveness, mm-hmm. and again, that is so tied up with our theology and what we believe about God and ourselves and people. And I have actually grown so much in this area, both theologically and emotionally, you know, and in, in all the ways in how I view and move through forgiveness. I think that no matter what happened in your marriage, forgiveness is important. Do not let forgiveness be conflated with reconciliation. And I think that's one of the things I missed for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think during, during healing, you will come to be able to experience forgiveness. And as you move past that into like what, what we might call the game plan, like how do I move forward and break these patterns? That's where your volition or your will comes into play. The volition part of forgiveness. I'm not going to take any harmful action against this person. You know what I mean? I'm not going to live out resentfulness against this person. Um, I'm not going to make choices that come from that. And there, there will be hurt. You'll be reminded of hurt. You know, our brains take us back there even to on an emotional level. And that is all true. And I think that trying to be okay and thinking that that's forgiveness leads us to suppress what we actually need to go through. If we're not careful, if we're trying to do it, the quote unquote Christian way, um, I think there's a very deep Christian way to walk through it. That doesn't require everything to be okay between you two. You you know what I mean? Um, There can still be deep hurt and there can be a chasm and there can be courageous consequences involved that obviously we aren't reconciling the marriage in this situation. So there are going to be boundaries and, and that's all okay. And you can still walk through forgiveness Mm -hmm. that recognizes the personhood of whoever harmed you Mm -hmm. names specifically and accurately the harm that was done to you. So there's this, this act of judging what happened and that's okay too. Christians, that's okay too, but choosing to want what's best for them, Mm -hmm. even if you can't give it to him, to them, even if they aren't choosing it for themselves, you want what's best for them. And you choose with your will not to take action against them. Uh, that doesn't mean boundaries aren't necessary, but that just means that you aren't punishing them. Uh, you can protect yourself without punishing them. And I think that that is something that you can walk through both in healing and after as you move on and, and grow past the hurt. Mm, that is very powerful to know that God is just and that we don't have to play every role, but that we are allowed and it is okay, it's just very natural and maybe even part of the healing to say, this did hurt. And that's a judgment mm-hmm. I'm making. I'm hurt, but that right. I don't have to completely villainize. I don't have to imagine that they're the devil, even though it may feel like it sometimes, or I don't have to imagine that I have to be the punisher, but I can look at that person at least with some grace and at the situation with at least some grace, even as I walk through in a very deep, meaningful way. So right. it's powerful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was so powerful for me. I used to believe that forgiveness meant treating, actually I was taught that forgiveness meant treating that person as if it never happened. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, then you have forgiven them. And I now know that to not be true and I'm grateful for learning it, but I did learn it the hard way. (laughs) 
you know, that, that it's not pretending everything's okay and making this, creating this facade of peace. Peace can look drastically different depending on the harm or harmful patterns. And so, so learning that has helped me heal and helped me forgive on a deeper level. I'm not suppressing my feelings. I'm not pretending things didn't happen thinking that that's what God is expecting me to do. I am allowing myself to be a whole person who has been harmed, harmed others, ex- recognizing all of it. And, and in many ways, growing, deepening my understanding of forgiveness in this way has allowed me to really be sorrowful when I hurt others. Yes. I don't just expect them to accept my apology. I understand better and deeper when I harm other people. So, so I think I encourage people to your listeners to really get to the heart of what forgiveness is, because it it helps us on both sides of it, whether we're uh, victims of harm or perpetrators of harm. Um, It helps us grow, uh, grow as people. Wow. And I think that our listeners are realizing that sometimes we may feel that that we are not harming anyone. Somebody else says we are. And so sometimes there's even um, two totally different perspectives about that. And so the word grace has been on our minds as a podcast lately, but we've also, I've grappled a lot over the last couple of seasons on this podcast with, if you're going to do something in leadership, should you be able to do it if you've never been through anything hard? And I think we keep coming back to like, eventually most people will go through something hard, but also that nobody wants to learn from anybody who hasn't been through something at least a little bit tough because we want real people. And a lot of the times when my clients have come to me having walked divorce trauma, I say, you know, you are apparently a warrior now. And uh, obviously God has some huge plans for you. So as much as we have to walk through the journey and not deny it or rationalize it away, we also have this new space in the world of going even deeper. And I like how you hinted at and foreshadowed a bit that um, sometimes we even have to go to that space and realize we're the ones who need forgiving or this, this I see a lot where people say, I knew that my partner did something and it wrecked me, but then later I realized what I was capable of. And that really shocked me. Um, so I think sometimes when you go through something deep, it, it almost helps you to forgive others when you realize we're all capable of stuff. Has that ever occurred to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And walking through my divorce was, it was a picture of that, you know, um, and I, I won't get into details, but I did find as I did my healing from mm-hmm. my wounds, mm-hmm. oh, I inflicted some wounds. Right. Um, and even if they, this person isn't really cognizant of that, I now am. Right. Um, even if they can't articulate the harm that I caused because they aren't doing the same work I'm doing, yeah, I know. Um, and so finding a way to express that sorrow you know, I'm still working through how to do all of that in this new season of life and in this new uh, relationship, I suppose that I have with my kid's dad and, and trying to figure out how to take ownership of things that I now see that most times weren't even articulated to me, you know, they weren't brought to me as a grievance, but I'm like, Oh, I grieved this person, even if they don't know it, I know it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so going through my own healing and, and journey towards, towards wholeness, I suppose has, has, uh, brought things into clarity yeah. 
not only about what has happened to me, but what, what I caused to happen to other people. And that can be hard to see because we don't like gray. And as an Enneagram type one, I really don't like gray. I want to know who was wrong and who was right. Um, and I want to be able to just have this dichotomy of, of thought that's where I feel comfortable, but, but yes, being able to see the gray and accept how I colored the situation and then what to do with that, you know, um, are, are important things that I think healing therapy and supportive friends and just going through it, uh, going through it with intention can help bring into focus. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love how you brought up community here once again, full circle, because we need friends who get us and how we're not perfect versus us having to pretend and just say, oh, you know, it's, it is a completely black and white world. And I didn't do anything ever in my life wrong. It's just such a hard space to be in with a friend. Cause then you can never really be fully authentic. I think it's nicer when we can say like, I'm messy and I have issues. And do you still want anything to do with me? And there's going to be a bunch of people who are like, I can't, I just can't. But then there's also going to be a few people who are your sacred few who are able to do that. And then you might even meet new ones along the way. God has a way of bringing new friends and new seasons who are walking through similar journeys. So I just want to encourage our listeners that you're going to find your people. So don't hide away completely. You've got to come out. Um, You deserve to heal. You deserve love just because you've made mistakes. And we all have, whether our marriage, whatever our marriage status, God loves us more than any piece of paper. He really loves us more than even um, the promises we make to each other. He really has made promises to us that are far above and beyond those promises that he knows we do our best, but we don't always keep them. And he just like, even in one day, you said you were going to be perfect and you weren't. So he knew that before Christ ever died for us. So I just want to remind everybody that like, you don't have to pretend you're perfect with the people who really care. Have you found that too? That is so true. Absolutely true. And I have those sacred few, like you said, and there's so, there's so much life giving just in the exchange of being willing to be messy and, and, uh, show up in a completely authentic way. Mm-hmm. And even, even the parts of you that you may not want to show, or even just recognize that they're there. And that sacred few is so important. So, um, you can, and you can find a sacred few, uh, through sometimes that can be a therapist, like just having somebody who has your back and won't allow you to sit there and rationalize, you know, won't allow you to sit there and suppress everything and will help you pick up those pieces and look at them closely. And if, if you have someone like that in a friend, um, in a pastor, in a uh, mentor, in a therapist, I think that we can find somebody uh, somehow, even if it's, even if it's difficult. So I second 100% uh, that suggestion to find somebody to be, to be there for all of you and not just to tell you you're right or tell you you're wrong, but just be there for all of you. Oh my gosh. That is brilliant and beautiful and very mature type one. And I think I'm mature as a seven two. No, I'm just, (laughs) but no, seriously, you are very like, I just love seeing your process. Like you opened up today for us and you shared us a piece of your growth journey and that takes a lot of courage. So thank you. And thank you for doing the growth journey. Cause I can see the fruits of it for everyone listening and for you too, cause you and your girls are getting a beautiful life of intentionality and growth. And we're changing systems from many years and we're all doing the work together here. So I'm doing yeah. it with you. Um, sometimes I'm on the low end of the journey other days, hopefully not, but it's, it's just beautiful to know we're still cared about on any day. Right. 
Exactly. Yes. Yes. And thank you. Yeah. And same here, like highs and lows <laughs> bouncing around those levels of health. Like, it's, like it's a ping pong, t- uh, pinball machine. Um, but, <laughs> but for sure. Yes. Yeah. And coaches are doing their work too, but I love that you're a safe, sacred space for people. So please tell our listeners where they can find you for these resources. Yeah, absolutely. So I hang out most on Instagram. I'm my handle is Christian Enneagram coach. Um, and I, I love to share there. I love to DM there. Um, so people can feel free to come and find me. My book Enneagram for beginners, um, is available wherever you want to find books. That's a really accessible way to kind of figure out my approach and how I talk about the Enneagram and things, um, as well as the, uh, Instagram feed, you know, um, and, and people can find me in those places. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You have blessed so many people, um, so many great, just Amazon reviews, people who I see on your page, engaging with you. You're just the real deal. So thank you for bringing clarity to us today. Thank you for bringing your light and I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Krista. This was so fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. I told you Kim was having a rich and deep conversation with us today. I am so grateful for her clarity, for her joy that she brings us in the midst of difficulties, and for the ways that she really wants to give to us and let us learn through her experiences. And I just, I can't imagine just being with a better crew than all of you guys. We're doing this work together. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And I just know you're richer for having stopped to pause and think here with us for a bit. So dance party on your way out for all of the good work you just did. Now release it. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.